good evening. Thank you for coming out tonight. It's cold, it's raining, and you're still here. That's Thank you for that. Welcome to Bethel Radio Hour. We are um, continuing on in our Life of Jesus study that we've been doing for a while now. Uh, we've kind of camped in the Sermon on the Mount. We were in the R in the Beatitudes, and I, I almost wanted to apologize. Like, sorry, we've stopped and set up camp on the Sermon on the Mount, and then I thought, you know, I'm not going to apologize. This is good. I don't care how long we're here. Um, you can send hate emails to Ben if you're tired of it. Tomato but hack but we're, uh, I feel like we need to just go ahead and um, really dig into this. It's just too important for us to know. I've learned a lot. Um, I'm, I'm loving it. I hope you guys are too. So if you were with us last week, um, we went through the first um, part, if you will, the first few parts of the Beatitudes. If, you're, if you've got your Bible, we're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read it again just kind of to refresh our memories, but this is Matthew 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So last week we talked about, um, is there an order to these beatitudes? Is it just kind of like, yeah, just kind of threw them in there, those are all good things, and we discussed how there's absolutely a perfect and divine order for this because when you realize you're poor in spirit, that you are, you're bankrupted spiritually, that you have nothing to offer yourself, when you realize that, then um, you notice your spirit, your, your soul's sake, that you've got nothing to offer, that right. it has to come from God. Um, you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Um, and then when you realize that you're so bankrupted in spirit that you have, um, you mourn. Naturally, that you're mourning over what? You're mourning over your, your condition, your mm -hmm. sinful condition. Your brokenness. Um, which leads to blessed are the meek. Um, and so what you knew, so you had a great definition for what it means to be meek, like a horse that's been meek? Correct. Uh, it, it, that comes right out of the uh, horse world. Uh, when they break a horse, they, back in the day, they called it meeking the horse uh, because the best definition of the word meek is power under control and of course a horse is a magnificent animal one of the more stronger animals uh, in the world and so when that horse is meeked to the point that you can just turn the bridle you know one way or the other and that magnificent animal will follow that that's power under control and so when you're meek would it, would it be to say that you're under god's control you Correct. realize that yeah i, I call it uh if if a person reacts to being called a puppet to God, they've got they've got lordship issues, and we've all been there. We we, we all struggle, and some of us would give lip service. Oh, sure, I, I'm fine with seeing myself. Well, but but okay, how about today? <laughs> you know, uh, did, did you did you look to the master who's holding the strings and get his commands before you did this, that, or the other, uh, and the such? So um, it takes a, a tremendous amount of meekness to submit to the puppet master, if you will. And so then once you've um, realized your spiritual condition and you've mourned that condition and now you're, you're meek to under the mm -hmm. um, spiritual control of your Savior and then you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you want, you want more of this, you, you, want to, you want to know more. Um, so now we covered that last week. Now we're on to blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Um, this is mercy's not just a feeling here. Like Correct. now we're getting into action here. Right. So the first three were kind of four, excuse me, we're dealing more with um, an inward condition. Um, would you agree to say that when we're talking about being merciful, now we're getting into not just an inward feeling, but showing an outward action? Yeah, well, this is following the greatest command. Love God, and that was the first verses that you just went through. Now we're into others. Love others. Uh, the um, you're not going to show someone else mercy unless you have embraced the mercy that's been shown to you. Would you say is mercy the same as forgiveness? 
are they they're related are they cousins? they're, they're are they, absolutely there doesn't have to be an offense for there to be mercy correct for forgiveness there's an offense involved. correct and uh that, that's right out of john MacArthur. Uh, i read this morning uh because forgiveness means you've you've done something to offend me or, or, or vice versa whereas mercy i may just be in a really tight spot and you see it and you're 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 merciful you help you know whatever the case may be so um you could say that forgiveness flows from mercy oh absolutely yeah uh, they're both involved uh because certainly god showed us mercy by not giving us what we deserve uh, and we've talked about that before, the difference between mercy and grace. And both mercy and grace is involved in forgiveness as well. But uh, we all deserved eternal punishment but because of the finished work of Christ. When you and I respond to that, he shows mercy and does not give us hell. And then grace, of course, gives us something that we don't deserve, which is heaven. And forgiveness could be an act of, act of mercy, too. You don't deserve being forgiven. Correct. So is mercy the same as grace? No, mercy is the, uh, I mean, again, they're cousins, uh, but, but mercy is a different response. Mercy is holding back judgment. Grace is giving a reward even though you deserve Undeserved. judgment. And I, I don't think your spirit allows you to perform one or the other without understanding both. Right, no I doubt. I think you could be merciful and not appreciate the grace you've been given right. or vice versa. So this got really deep for me this week. Um, so I was listening to, of course, a John MacArthur's sermon on mercy. It was an hour and 15 minutes long. And as I'm listening to this, I'm in my car, and I all but just drove off the road to stop and write this down. It got so deep. But I've never really thought about mercy and grace. Are they the same? Are they different? Does it matter? Right. They are different. And they if we're going to dig into a little bit of theology, if you will, sure. uh, this is how he describes it. Mercy acts out of a need. Uh, mercy deals with the result of our sinful condition, uh, that we, we need mercy because of our state. Uh, mercy is reserved for times of trouble. Um, mercy acts when a problem has occurred. Would you agree to that? Absolutely. So then what's the difference between mercy and grace? Mercy deals with the symptom. Grace deals with the problem. Mercy offers relief from punishment. Grace pardons the crime. Right. You following me? Does right. that sure. make sense? And then sure. mercy removes the punishment. Grace removes the sin. Very good. That got deep. I was like, say it again. I listened to it. I, I'm not kidding. Like 10 times like that is deeper than deep. And then the question is, is mercy the same as love? Well, again, I, I think they're all, they, they all, it's, it's like a set. It's like a dining room set. It all goes together. Yeah. The greatest of these things is love. I think mm -hmm. mercy, yeah. Love is the icing on top. Right. You know, you it's almost like God picks up or Jesus is picking up some soiled gems in the, on the ground and polishing them off. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mercy is important. It's a gem in, in the life of a Christian. And the theme of mercy is over and over and over in the Old Testament and New Testament. And it's almost like God makes an object lesson out of mercy. It's like in the life of Joseph, I think I mentioned this before, that his brothers had to come to him for mercy right. when they wouldn't show mercy to him. And the Syrian general Naaman, who had uh, leprosy, had to go to an Israeli prophet whom he had been persecuting the nation of Israel for mercy, for, for the prophet to show him mercy and give him relief from the um, leprosy. So it's almost like God makes it an object lesson, and, and brings Job's you to the feet. friends had to come back to Job and yep, seek mercy. Over and over again. So there is no mercy without love. Correct. Correct. Um, so he kind of said it like this. Um, God will still love us in eternity, even when we don't need mercy anymore. Right. Um, and forgiveness flows from mercy, and mercy flows from love. And then I think about the way I've been so angry at people before, <laughs> and then I think <laughs> mercy flows from forgiveness. Forgiveness or mercy flows. Forgiveness flows from mercy. Mercy flows from love. And it was like, am I doing that? Are we doing that? Do you want to sit here and think about yourself for a minute? Like, well, I've already done that today. I've already done that today preparing for this. Yeah. So here's my question. Um, do any of you guys uh, share, if you will, 
the spiritual gift of prophecy. What what is your spiritual gift? Do you know? Mm. Out of the seven, giver, teacher, ruler, which organization, yeah. uh, servant, prophet, which is black and white. I'd say I'm more of a service servant, servant type. Okay, yeah. Craig Lequiter type. You see it. You see. <laughs> I'm nowhere near Craig. Well, I'm just <laughs> saying, Craig. Craig knows who he is. Craig knows he's a, a servant. That's his spiritual gift. And so you Stacks see it. Chairs. That's, that's right. A, yeah. That's right. You see a need and, and, and you do it. And I, w I would absolutely agree with that. What, what's your spiritual gift? Teaching. Yeah, absolutely. What's your spiritual gift? I'll just say like prophecy. There you go. So prophecy is black and white. And I spend my life, if I'm not careful, saying you shouldn't have done that. I get it that you're getting judged. You're, you know, like Kanye. Forget it, Kanye. Oh my goodness. Save that yes. for the third I was on Yeah, that. yeah. We're, we're see, gonna... I was on that like two years ago. So you see, I, I saw that way back. He was good. <laughs> Gift of prophecy. Yeah. No, you're more gullible than I am. But nonetheless, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So I, I'm judging you. Save um, it for the third round. Here's the point this will slay a prophet. Yeah. Because mercy? More like get them, you know. Uh, and, Your and wife is a merciful person. She's a mercy. She's a mercy. I uh, want to be a Don Kingston, but I am not. Well, <laughs> but here's the deal. Bless her heart. The more she hangs out with me, the more judgmental <laughs> she's becoming. And, and is I'm she like, rubbing up on yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hang on, honey. <laughs> and I would like to touch base with like three or four segments ago on spiritual maturity. I think with the black and white, spiritual maturity, you're slow to speak. Sure. Think oh, no doubt. You know, so yeah, but in in an immature Christian that has that, absolutely, you're just paying hypocrite on your forehead. So, w when this uh, beatitude says, uh, "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy," he is talking about the relationship between you and God. He's not telling you. And, and a lot of people want to take this and use it for this. He's not telling you that if you're merciful, people around you are going to be merciful to you. That, that is not necessarily the case. It's probably not going to happen. Right. He's promising you, though, if you will show mercy, he will show mercy to you. And who would you rather have mercy from? You know, your creator and the well, such. Well, in fact, the more merciful that you the more that you act like these beatitudes the more that you are merciful the more that you are a peacemaker the more that you are pure at heart that really rubs against the world that we live in no doubt. i mean that's going to bring on what they talk about next which is persecution, persecution. right and, and something too that, that grabbed me this morning is that you know the world doesn't always know when we're judging them they don't they don't always know when we're not appreciating them so on god always knows I know God can read my thought cloud, which yeah. is scary. Yeah. I'm very glad people that, can't. That's a good way to put it. Read my thought cloud. Yeah. I'm glad, yeah. And, and so, you know, this morning as I was preparing for this time, I, I just had to sit there and think, okay, Lord, this is definitely an area I've got to work on. I've got to work on being merciful uh, because if I'm not careful, when I see someone who I have deemed, quote, unquote, as evil, and I see something bad happen to them, I... I transgress that Proverbs that says, do not rejoice when the, the, when the wicked falls. Man, I struggle. Well, and where's the fine line there? I struggle with, we see a lot of walkers now everywhere. You know, you see people walking, carrying their groceries, walking 20 miles outside of town. My kids a lot of times will say, why are they walking? One of my original statements was because they've made a lot of bad decisions in their life. That's not, is that hard truth? Or is that... You don't know their situation. Right, right. So coming to the, this will come later in the Sermon on the Mount, that we can't judge motives. We can judge fact. We, we can right. judge what we see, what we know. And the reality is, is that you, you don't know, because I've been through right. the same thing. I, I, I've struggled with that, you know. And I think probably to, to be as accurate as we can, we would have to take it away from that person. Right. Because I don't know. I don't know. Right. But I can tell you that I do personally know several people that they've ended up on foot because of poor decisions, you know, bad financial decisions, uh, whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, 
But in the, Go ahead. Uh, in the same breath, it could be that single mom that's actually trying. That's exactly right. She's knocking it out of the park. And she's right. killing it. Yeah. And here this guy drives by right. telling his kids, oh, she's... Ain't a lot of veterans. Yeah. Well, uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 29, and it, it lists all kinds of, you know, things that we're doing wrong on the regular here in America. Um, but for all times, nothing has changed. But in Romans chapter 129, it says, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, mal... Malicious, malicious, malicious. Just it out for me, thank you. Um, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, um, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving. And what is the last one? Unmerciful. Unmerciful. Like this whole list of horrible things that you don't want to be. And if they're saving the best for last, what's the last thing in that? Slew of evilness is unmerciful. Well, something that, that a lot of folks don't recognize or understand, and I didn't until it was taught to me, the original word for sin is not uh, referencing murder or anything. The worst sin before God is a disobedient person. That, that is heinous sin to God. Someone that says, no thanks, I got it from here. That, that, I've been that person. Yeah. I mean, I have to try to not well, be that person have. all well, the time. That's wretched wickedness to God. And and, and so, you know, I, I can see that unmercifulness, if you will, would be high up in that rank as well. Well, just take a moment and think of your pet sin or sins. Every time that occurs, you're taking off the strings. You say, right, right, I'm right, going right. to this one out. Right. Let me do this for a second. And then you put it back on. Think about how we react as parents. We've just shown mercy to one of our children and they turn around and oh. do not show mercy to and their fight with their sibling, sibling. That's right. that is you want to see me not looking like easy like sunday morning when those kids fight with oh each no other. you did oh boy there you go yeah well so and that's god god is like look at all the mercy that i have showed to you and you're not going to show mercy to those well people. and jesus was merciful like we were just talking about how in his, he knew their thoughts. He knew these people were plotting to kill him. And did he think, you know what? Wiping them out. That's right. I don't have to deal with this. No, he, he had pity on them. He felt deeply sorrowed for them. And he could have just, well, you know, they're, make, they're make done. Make it real world. Think about going to work tomorrow and everybody around is planning to kill you. It could be that day or the next day. And you're just bringing them their coffee or patting them on the back. That's what Jesus was doing daily. You think about it in your own home or your own workplace. That's crazy. Is it Paul that says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God? This is a contrasting verse for uh, blessed are the merciful. Wrath would be the opposite of mercy. God's righteousness is not accomplished by forcing your will or your way on somebody else. It's by being merciful. So it seems to indicate that the opposite is probably true. When you're being merciful, you're working God's righteousness. So where does mercy come from? Well, it comes from, you know, from God, from getting sure. down those first four things we talked right, about, right. realizing your spiritual condition, mourning over that. Um, mercy comes from God. So how do we show mercy? Do you have any hands and feet to that? Well, uh, again, John MacArthur is not a supporter of the show. Uh, he's not a sponsor. No. But uh, we do he is, use he a lot is of material. Though. If he ever is a resource, this, he's going to want some a wonderful resource. But uh, he, he says it's practical. It's got to work its, mm -hmm. its way into practical things. Um, you know, a, a need seen is an assignment given. Um, the, uh, I won't go into great detail, but, you know, we're, we're at a time of year that's super, super busy. And so I, I, I will confess to you that, that I struggle at times making my schedule available, you know, for this, that, or the other. Well... You know, a funeral. I mean, that 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 break, that's a deal breaker. You know, right. all of a sudden my schedule is just out there, uh, and 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 I and I want it to be that way. Um, but there's still times. You know, you, you got to plan things. You know, you plan vacations and such of that nature. And so, when those when those things come, uh, that's one of those areas where I try to be merciful uh, and, and tell the person, if you ask me to cancel this, I will. You know, but I'm letting you asked me. I'm letting you know what's going on and it really just depends on the circumstance uh each situation is, is different but I, I think a practical you see a need you, you try to meet that need 
is, is where mercy comes in. I also think part of it is not knowing, not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Mm -hmm. If you set out to show mercy, I believe that's the opposite. You know, being boastful, being prideful. Um, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but I, that rings true for me. Like if I'm walking downtown and I got a 20 in my pocket just waiting to give it to somebody, that ain't mercy. But if somebody crushes your heart and here, let me help you out, you know, I believe that's true mercy. Or even doing it without them knowing right. who it is. Right. Anonymously give it's it a spine, instant obedience to the Holy Spirit. Right, <clears throat> that's exactly right. And and he, you know he says that, and that may be coming up later too in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing, and such. And you know ultimately the leadership of the Holy Spirit is is king. Um, I mean I've had people uh, bless me anonymously, and then others just walk straight up and you know hand it to me, and, and I try to do the same. Um, you know, I have, of course, Joy FM has really brought about the familiarity and popularity of buying someone's meal. I yeah, can't tell you how enjoyed. many. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I can't I've enjoyed. You. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Brother Larry sends this. Grace is totally gratuitous. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Send it no, to you, yeah, yeah, I got it. Go we ahead. can do absolutely nothing to earn it, and that's the grace of God. Uh, we have no right to it. Mercy, on the other hand, is the loving kindness, compassion, and forbearance showed to one who offends as in the mercy of God to us sinners. Nothing happens by accident. God is directing each one of your steps. Many times I have heard I am not that bad because I never killed anyone. That makes me good. <laughs> All right. Um, so then the next in, uh, is the pure at heart. So um, what does it mean to be pure at heart? I have no idea. I know, right? <laughs> got Are you the guy? <laughs> Pastor's raising his hand. I, I'm raising my hand for all those of you in radio land. I do not understand this, but... It means single-mindedness. And what I mean by understanding, I do, I do understand it. I, practicality, you know, uh, pure in heart. That word pure means one thing. Singleness. One thing, singleness, yeah. I, it instantly rings a bell for me. Unless you become like these little children, you will never enter through the gates of heaven. Mm -hmm. I believe it's childhood innocence. Right. That pure sparkle in an eye, mm -hmm. that, that is pure at heart. Um, so... I had to do some research because I didn't really understand what it meant either. I thought I did, but like you said, it's single-mindedness, single um, but uh, it deals with our inside condition. So if we right. go back to the people that were in the crowd, here you've got the Pharisees, and this whole time they were teaching the externals all the time, like you got to do this and the ceremonial washing, and you've got to do all these external things, and they weren't dealing with their own heart, with their own inner condition. Um, and what does the scripture say? What proceedeth out of the heart of, is what defiles the man. Correct. So um, in Psalms 51, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. They're t looking at their inner condition, um, which is which is really, <laughs> right. which is so hard. It's easy for me to just, like rattle these off, uh, for sure. <laughs> it sounds uh, good, though. It does sound so good. Um, in Samuel, it says, um, Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Um, so it doesn't matter how religious you look on the outside Correct. if your heart is not clean on the inside. How many times have we seen or heard about, quote, unquote, a successful professional Christian, if you will, mm -hmm. whether it's pastor or whatever, and then boom, you know, the headline hits, uh, whatever that is, you know, caught doing this. Uh, and I'm trying to remember now the person that we were, I think, through Mr. Um, <laughs> The guy up north that we love. James uh, McCarthy. James, no. Or James McDonald. McDonald. James McDonald. Right. You put them together. Yeah, I know. Uh, I love, love me some James McDonald sermons. He, he, <laughs> he shared the story about the young girl that her pastor daughter would, her pastor father, would drive her to the, what would you call it, uh, place of ill repute and go do his thing while she had to sit in the car. And he knew, she knew where they were at. She knew what was going on. And this went on every week. And, you know, of course, when she got out of that, she had all sorts of baggage to unpack and try to figure out that God, God, her heavenly father, was not anything like her earthly father was, the hypocrite, so on and so the forth. The double-mindedness. The double-minded. That's exactly right. You cannot serve two you masters. No man no. can serve two masters. No. Um, so, obviously, we can't be completely sin-free, right? Um, no. Sinless. Are we trying to be sinless? That, are we that, trying and, and to that's, be pure? I think that's where this comes in. The single-mindedness is to be a daily approach. 
Today, Lord, I am, by your grace and, and power, I am striving to live this day for you and you alone for your glory. Ephesians hook, 6, hook, putting on the armor. That's right, putting on the armor, hooking up the strings, if you mm -hmm. will, uh, filled with the Spirit, and do what God yeah, tells you to do. Taking every thought captive. Right. That's single-mindedness on all your thoughts. So right. it ain't just a singular thing. It's right. your entire life taking it, putting in God's focus. and Well, knowing that you can't do it on your own. Right. Like, none of us can be pure heart in and of ourselves. Like, we have no ability to do that on our own. Um, I'd say what, faith. Absolutely. <laughs> Let me read this little excerpt. Uh, purity of heart is more than sincerity. A motive can be sincere, yet lead to worthlessness and sinful things. The pagan priests who opposed Elijah demonstrated great sincerity when they lacerated their bodies in order to induce Baal to send fire down to consume their sacrifices. But their sincerity did not produce the desired results, and it did not enable them to see the wrongness of their paganism because their sincere trust was in that very paganism. Sincere devotees walk on nails to prove their spiritual power. Others crawl on their knees for hundreds of yards, bleeding and grimacing in pain to show their devotion to a saint or a shrine. Yet their sincere devotion is sincerely wrong and is completely worthless before God. And he goes on to talk about how the scribes and Pharisees, they were sincere, but, but they were sincerely wrong. And so, you know, once you and I connect with what our life should be all about, which is God, then that daily pursuit keeps us on the straight and narrow. Yeah, so what's the promise here? So blessed are the pure at heart for what? They shall see God. They shall see God. So now or just in eternity? Like do we have to wait um, for the other, you know, for eternity to see God? Or can we see God now? Well, uh, do you have a prescribed answer to that, Dawn? Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just here to ask the question. Right, amen, amen. <laughs> well, sometimes you have your answers ready. Yeah. Uh, in my humble opinion, it is both. It is both. I just have the more pure your heart, the more you are able to see God or see God mm. in action or see God through mm. other people or to see God. Um, some people see God in creation, and I, I can see God working <clears throat> through other people. I'd like to see him work more for me, <laughs> through me, I should say, for, right, me, right. for other people. Um, but I have this quote, purity of heart cleanses the eyes of the soul so God becomes visible. Very good. Uh, so let's look at Moses. What did Moses say? Show me your glory. And he did. And he did. I true. And what is, uh, is it in the New Testament that says that, that basically as we seek the Lord, uh, he, he changes us by, from glory to glory? And it's basically about our, our, I think it's about our quiet times. As we seek him, we'll, we will see him every time we seek him. Um, and and the, the verse that says, seek him and he'll be found. Uh, draw nine to God and he'll draw nine to you. So I absolutely believe that if you and I will, will strive for single-mindedness, every time we strive for it, he's going to answer that. He's going to show himself. He, you're going to experience God. Uh, because we've talked about it before and we've alluded to it even in the Beatitudes here, that as, as you and I respond to God's pursuit for us, that leads to obedience. That leads to experience. That leads to greater love. That leads to greater obedience. That leads to greater experience. That leads to greater love. And so I, I do believe... Now, am I telling you that I have seen God with these physical eyes? Absolutely not. It would scare me to death if, if I did, I think. Uh, but I believe that you and I can, to some level, from a spiritual eye level, see God as a result of seeking him. Well, um, it's not a disagreement, but it's a, maybe a different belief. I do believe we can see God. I believe I see God when he says he declares himself in all creation. And so sure. we, we teach him. You, like, you know what I mean, though. Yes, yes, I do, yeah. yeah. I mean that you... you, you physically who, see God. Well, yeah, f because no man can physically see right. God and live right. because we are sinful. Right. But, 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 but I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, because we taught at VBS. Sure. The little yellow wristbands, a God sighting. Right. You know, and it's like one of those nights we stepped out and there's a giant, beautiful mm -hmm. sunset, you know, and it's like, it's God sighting, you know, so... He, he encompasses more We should than see a reflection of God, too, in yeah. the people around us. We should no see uh, the 
characteristics that we share with them we should see in the people around us. I think if we did that more, we would respect each other more. Oh, for sure. And that's what I was thinking. I, I would like someday for people to see God through through me, through well, all of us, if we're living the way we should. That's the, uh, something one, to strive one of our, for. One of our friends used to say, Jesus looks good on you. They would put that in their cards. That was encouraging. All right, so we'll take a very quick break. Um, with you, I'm just saying, and... I'm just saying, have you seen this on the, I've seen it on the news and on the radio repeatedly, the popular science put out this new thing about your fall leaves that it used to be, you know, you got to you have, you know, package up all your leaves, right. heaven forbid they get in somebody else's yard and they're your trees, right. leaves and whatever, and they've got to all go to the curb in these bags. Now they're saying, I, my husband's not here to back this up, but I have <laughs> zero plans for the leaves in our yard for sure, <laughs> but they're saying, uh, just mow them over. I'm just saying. Yeah, mulch. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just run them over with a lawnmower, which I think well, that that's was our plan anyway. That's what I've done for 15 <laughs> years. I know, yeah. right? And it's just now the big deal. And I was thinking, is, this, is that not what people are It's a sweater for the ground. God puts them on the ground yeah. for the winter. Is that where the they're supposed yeah. to be? It gives the bugs something to live in through the winter. Yeah. Were they supposed to end up in a bag in a landfill? Or I have that, no idea. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, oh, cool. I, I Thanks, hate, popular science. I hated that job because, <laughs> you know, I did uh, mowing in the summertime and would do leaves and such in the wintertime, and that was back in the day that you did put them all in these massive garbage bags. And so, oh, my goodness, that was miserable. Because <gasps> they could blow into your neighbor's yard. They could blow into your neighbor's yard. <gasps> and then sea turtles can eat the trash bags. I know. So <laughs> right? The circle of life. I'm just saying. That's why I'm just saying. Anybody else? It's a dark side to you, bro. I, so, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, mine's a little more... I don't know what you want to call it, but uh, sympathetic or whatever. Uh, I'm just saying Bethel is a blessed church, and I'm blessed and humbled to be her pastor and under shepherd. Romans 2.4 says, Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. And as we you know, live here in this existence and a part of the church, uh, in my humble opinion, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And... We're seeing that. We're seeing that uh, in the church. I've seen it in this last week, God working in people's lives uh, and the such, and the blessings that, you know, through pastor appreciation, you know, we've been a, a blessed staff this month. Uh, the goodness of God leads to repentance uh, if we will humble ourselves. And, and, that, and that, you know, you're going to either re recognize that or not. Wow, look, look how good God is being to me. I'm doing this, you know, type thing. So the goodness of God leads to repentance. I'm just saying. And you had a guilty conscience last week because you kept saying, man, I, I don't have a spiritual one. And what would he come up with this week? <laughs> Mine was the first candy corn of the season. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, don't, don't bring have that up. Have you Gavin. Yeah. Candy corn M&Ms? Oh, no. gosh, don't. But you don't like don't candy corn? Don't even try one. You don't like candy that's, corn? It's a passionate hate. It's, I have a, have a, you had a, a theory that that's how... China is getting their toxic waste, rid of their toxic waste. They're putting a candy, candy corn, corn. selling to American his, kids. It's candy house. corn it's like pumpkin? they're just wiping That's off the countertop of some stuff. And, <laughs> uh, just bring them my way. Back. Have you had it mixed with M&M's? Mixed with uh, peanuts. Oh, candy yeah, corn yeah. Peanuts. Oh. But uh, I, uh, So good. I had one more, and it was, I'm just saying, Brad, you got one? It's, you, you put out a list a couple weeks ago. Of things he had to start doing, and now Kanye says he's going to re-record all his gosh dang swears. Oh, the gosh dang swears. So you know, God just, bless him. God bless him. He's just stacking them up, cleaning so. up his his uh, past. Yeah. So I don't know. So would it be like, you know, the get what's the one? I only know one Kanye West song, and it ends with, "She'll leave your." Tiny for a white girl? Is that what it would say then? <laughs> no, no. I don't know. I only know one song. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But it has. <laughs> but it definitely has. It's going to have to do a lot more cleaning on that I think maybe a safer one. play would just be delete some of those songs. <laughs> yeah. Delete it. Delete it from the delete. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying. All right. Gavin? Man, I didn't have anything spiritual. Go figure that. I had Katie Cord and Kanye West. You guys give me such a hard time about my humor. That's what my... I'm just saying, was, I made a joke, a very funny joke last week about a Bible story. You're pretty loosely there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. See what I'm saying here? I'm messing with you. 
let's hear it. So I made the reference to Dagon, the idol, <laughs> and you guys it's just, just well, up that we don't know what the world Dagon had never heard the story was. of Dagon and the and the idol of the Ashkelon. I didn't know if you were talking what? about hey, the Bible I'm or just, Star Wars. You guys, we're <laughs> in people. We're not. You guys need to step up your Bible study. I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I so he that, sent that to us. To get like, out of the old I think he read that from The Hobbit or like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> confusing Dagon. it with the Old Testament. That's a Pokemon. Dagon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, right. um, if you want to read it, it's 1 Samuel 5. Right, I'm gonna read I told it. him I, it's going to be a bedtime I'm going to read it tonight. It'll put me right to sleep, I'm sure. Does anybody get their eye poked out? That's what I want to know. Oh. No, the, the, the idol Dagon gets destroyed because oh, of the there. presence of the ark. Knocks it oh, over. Oh, look, it's right That's there. That's Indiana it's Jones. It's in Judges. It's Indiana Jones. <laughs> it's the Temple of Doom, I'm pretty Yeah, it's in several places, but the story oh. I'm talking about is in uh, 1 Samuel 5. 1 Samuel 5. Samson. Is that the one where the people got the, uh, the tumors? tumors? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I've heard of it. Dagon the Idol. They have a patient named Tumor. Or, no, that sounds like a Ghostbuster. I, I thought it was from Who are you going to call? Dagon. <laughs> Dagon. He's, yeah. he's the All one right. on top of all right, Terrible. so um, good story. <laughs> it is. It's a good story. So we have uh, in the next um, part of the Beatitudes is blessed are the peacemakers, which we may not get to um, completely <laughs> unpile tonight. But Ben, I'm going to let you set up this next topic, kind of on conflict resolution. It yeah. kind of ties into blessed are the peacemakers. So uh, if you were at church a couple weeks ago, um, I shared a, a uh, what would the word be, kind of a, a pointed personal prayer request. Uh, that sprung out of a devotional at our state meeting and the such, and I told you that I was wanting to craft a article, but before I did that, I needed to talk to the person that so there wouldn't be any misunderstanding, so that they wouldn't think that I was shooting at them and, and all that neat stuff. Uh, and if you've ever had a potential misunderstanding or issue or problem, you know that that's the last thing you want to do uh, as a fleshly person. It's the last thing you want to do. Scripture, however, demands that you and I go to the people that we may have an issue with and we get it settled. At least we try. And if that doesn't work, this is all in Matthew chapter 18, 15 through 20. If that face-to-face -face confront, loving confrontation doesn't work, uh, then you go get the leaders of the church. And if that doesn't work, then you bring them before the church. Well, this was not completely apples to apples because this person wasn't a member of this church. But I did call him. I called him and I explained what I was dealing with and wanted him to know that, that I wanted to address uh, a, a topic that came out of the devotional for, for my concern. But I wanted him to know I wasn't shooting at him and also wanted to clarify and make sure I had not misunderstood. That phone conversation went excellent. And I've already written the article and it'll be in next month's uh, Baptist banner. With that said, I, as a young pastor miserably failed in carrying this out the first several years, people would come to me and tell me their issue and fully expected me to go fix it. Uh, they either expected me to go get on to that person or they expected me to go uh, and speak for them. That and, is your job, right? Uh, well, first five, six years it was. <laughs> Sorry. And, and after about the third time with the same person, the Holy Spirit, praise God, brought me to the passage in Ephesians chapter 6, of course the armor, but also there's a passage in there that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the such. And then I realized, and we have it in our covenant, we were not obeying the biblical rules to carry out conflict resolution. And so uh, out of this came some, some guiding principles for myself and, and I just like to hit on it ever so often so that, that the church understands and knows that this is the proper way. And, and, and this, this is what's so important. This isn't Brother Ben saying, I'm not going to get involved in your mess. This is Brother Ben loving you enough to say, if you want it to work out well, you will do it this way because this is the scriptural way. He says uh, at the end of this passage that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst thereof. You've probably heard that, and you've probably heard it in the context of worship. And even though I don't think you're doing any damage to Scripture to say that where two or three Christians gather together, that the Holy Spirit's going to meet with them, you're not doing any damage. 
It's just simply not the context. The context is, is that where two or three Christians gather together to work through an issue, God is there too. And he's going to work on your behalf, and he's going to try, he's going to do what he does. And so uh, I, let me just throw a few things at you. Um, the, uh, some rules, if you will. If you are not a part of the problem or the solution, do not get involved. Don't listen to it. Certainly don't spread it. Don't participate in it. If you're not a part of the problem or the solution and all of a sudden somebody's name comes up that's not present, you're gossiping. You, you just are. And if you find yourself in that, you need, and you know, you can be even talking positive at first and then it turns negative, you know. And, and I, I've had to employ this. I'll say, you know what, this person's not here. So, so let, let's, let's get off of that and we'll, let's go another direction. And, and I will tell you that I've had more failures than I've had successes. Uh, and I'll tell you that preachers are sometimes the worst uh, of, of talking bad about other preachers or whatever the case may be. It's sin. It's sin and it doesn't lead to anything good. And I think my iPad just died. Yep. So, uh, so I'm, out of the, I'm out of material. My iPad died. If the core principle of Christianity is love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love thy neighbor as thyself, everything else hangs on those two principles, then maintaining that preeminence is going to take a lot of maintenance. Right. And reconciliation is part of the maintenance of the core principle. Everything else hangs on that. And Jesus spends some time in the uh, Sermon on the Mount here in, in uh, chapter 5, verses 21, he gets. He starts working right down the, the list here. If you've heard that it hath been said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. And then he takes it from there. That's the action. That's the end product of a long process of being angry, harboring anger, getting bitter, acting on that bitterness, completely judging somebody and then killing them. And he, so he, he ta takes that process right to the very nub and says, stop, right, stop at the very beginning. And then he flips it in verse 23, and I'm only saying this because I heard this on a sermon on the way here. The guy was talking about this verse. It was kind of already going over my head. He said, then Jesus does kind of something kind of different. So he's talking about your, your anger towards somebody. Then he switches it the other way around. There, therefore, if thou bringest thy gift to the altar, and there remembers that your brother hath ought against thee. So he, he flips it, wow. and he points out that uh, this sermon was delivered about a three days walk from the temple. And he said, if somebody went to the altar, they would have made a three-day journey with their gift. And Jesus is saying, if you made that three-day journey, and then you remember that somebody has something against you, leave it there, go that three-day journey back, get it right, then come and offer your gift. He basically saying, you go to whatever lengths it takes to make sure that it's right between you and your brother. Because it's part of the, the, the core principle of Christianity. You've got to maintain that. Or, or we lose our our credibility, we lose the purpose, really, for Christ's coming. You, you just did something people uh -oh. can't see is you, you did the triangle. <laughs> I do that and all the time. I, and I wondered, in my sleep. I well, that. I know, but I wondered also, is there some symbolism in two or three in my name? Is it referencing sure. the Trinity? Mm -hmm. You sure. know, I will be there. Um, There's unity there. Right. Yeah. Amen. I, uh, you know, just there's, there's so much here to think through. There's a lot of instruction here yeah. on maintaining relationships, huge amount. One thing that, that I think I got wrong in college trying to follow through on this, I got offended, but it was a, it was a personal offense. It, it, in other words, the other guy wasn't aware. Right. And thinking I would needed to go, I, I basically went and told this guy why he frustrates me. Well, all it did was frustrate him. <laughs> Right. You see what I'm saying? And, and so we're not, we're not saying that. Don't go cause a problem. You know, if the other, the other person is completely unaware that they just tick you off. Because they chew, they chew with an open mouth. They chew with an open <laughs> mouth. Soft chew. Is that That's right? They like Kanye or whatever the case. Just let it go. Old Kanye go. or new Kanye. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> let it go uh, and, and work through it. But if they have done something that is sinful, They've done some. They've sinned against you, whatever the case may be. That's a different story. In my humble opinion. Amen. 
Amen. You know kind of how I feel about when I just hear conflict. And I know conflict, you can't avoid it. But I have just adopted what you said years ago, which is you said um, we need to put on our rhinoceros skin. And ever since then, I'm like, I'm wearing my rhinoceros skin. And I, <laughs> sometimes I feel like we get so easily offended. Um, I don't know if it's the culture that we've just gotten soft and everything is oh, just like my so. Goodness. Safe I mean, my goodness, and everything else. We're yeah. just so easily offended, and I just want to say, can we put on our rhinoceros skin here, folks, and just like uh, not a, be so? It's such a oh, trick. Does that mean so. for me to say sorry? No, we we should. Like, there's a guy at work that me and him don't dislike each other, but we avoid each other. We're just not each other's cup of tea. Sure. It's a healthy better. avoidance. Yeah, a healthy avoidance. <laughs> and when we do get, Mutual you know, respect. I think I annoy him, he annoys me. You sure. know, it's just one of those things. So the other day, I was being convicted Does by Steve this. Does Steve know this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be annoying. Just yeah. kidding. Um, so, so I was like, you know, I was being convicted by this, you know, because he's a nice guy. Sure. Whatever. And the other day, I said hello to him and said something else to him. And it's like, and he reciprocated pretty yeah. happily. But like. Now he's my buddy again. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> no. no, you know, so it's like. Backfired so, you, you know, well, you know, so it's, it's something I'm working through. It's like, okay, so do I continue this and just. Showing mercy. You know, like, because we're Showing not hurting mercy. each other. Maybe we're both trying or maybe he's just right. happy I'm talking to him. Right. But it's like, I have to die to myself and be like, it's my problem. If I heard something in college along those lines that the thing that we, or the thing that frustrates us most about a person. Oh is usually what we struggle most with, right. you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so that it's, it's really not so much the person, it's that we see in them the same thing that we struggle with daily. And, and before you know it, we're making it, we're casting it on them. Hmm. Look at I, thought what you were, <laughs> I thought what you were going to say, and it's so true. And I heard somebody say this, the thing that is this most, really offensive? No, it's not uh. offensive at all, but it, there is some truth in this. What most attracts you to your spouse will eventually be the thing that you dislike no the most doubt. about your spouse. Yeah. yeah, when you get married, it's he's so spontaneous. And then 10 years later, he never makes a plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's so good with his money. Right. We can't spend a dime. Anyway, side note there. Not talking about somebody else, of course. Oh, of course. course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Friend, friend, generally, friend. generally. Talk about that, guys. Right. <laughs> so speaking of conflict resolution, there has been a great deal of conflict amongst the panel up here. Uh -oh. um, it does not involve fast food chicken, although <laughs> we did have Chick-fil-A <laughs> last night, and it was awesome, but it's not about chicken. I got a text, and I was supposed to, it said, you need to tell the preacher about something. Uh -oh. So yeah, Kanye West's new album, uh, Jesus is King, the name of it, he has a song called Chick-fil-A. Yes. <laughs> it's Ben's a terrible like, song. I, knew I listened to okay. it. <laughs> okay, now I'm on pastor side with Kanye. It, the the, the <laughs> opening lines are closed on Sunday. You're by Chick Fil A. There you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. You know there is a Chick Fil A song. It's by a Christian comedian, and it's to the oh yeah from uh, the Sound of Silence. I think. Uh, uh, what's his name? Chick Fil A. Uh, I could come eat on somebody. What, what's Tim Hawkins. Tim Hawkins. Yeah. Tim Hawkins. Oh, it's so good. It is hilarious. Anyway, but it's. We have a debate to settle. Speaking of conflict resolution, this has nothing to do with chicken, but we are going to settle the Kanye West debate yes, right here, tonight. right oh, really? now. We're, and we're going to just drop the mic. You didn't get after the memo. This. But there's an article. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an article about Kanye West, and it, it bears repeating. So I'm going to read a few sections of this article. But um, this is from theblaze.com. Kanye West says he's a Christian now. Here's why it doesn't matter if he's telling the truth. Real belief systems don't need celebrity mascots. I like that. Could pretty well stop right there, but I'm not. Right. Kanye West, the artist who has recorded many blasphemous, vulgar lyrics and who spent some time referring to himself as Jesus, has now released a Christian album. And despite his past work and reputation, the album titled Jesus is King really is Christian. It explicitly proclaims Jesus Christ as Lord and the way to salvation through its 11 tracks of music. The question surrounding Kanye and his album in Christian circles has been, rather, has been whether this apparent turn towards faith is genuine or whether it's just the latest in a long line of marketing stunts. The answer is simple. We don't know, and it really <laughs> shouldn't matter. Amen. Of course, Amen. it matters the same way that anyone's eternal destiny matters. 
Christians should certainly hope and pray that Kanye has put his faith in Jesus Christ as no Lord doubt. and Savior, as we should hope that for anyone, famous or not. But whether he's actually done that is between him and God. And at this point, the only fruit of his, the only fruit of his life over time will show us if this is true. Um, Kanye made a Christian album, and it's good. Kanye says he's a Christian now, and that's good. Kanye is spreading the gospel, which is great. But let's not make the mistake of putting the whole weight of American Christianity on whether Amen. he means what he's saying right now. The gospel doesn't need any help from Kanye. It has stood on its own now for quite some time. God can make the rocks cry out in praise of his name. So if he decides to use Kanye West to tell people that Jesus is king, that's wonderful. But we'd be just as foolish to worship Kanye for it as we'd be if we were worshiping the rocks. Amen. So, Very good stuff. Right on. I, I, I read that and I thought I, I, no one could say it better type right. thing. Uh, Brother Brad, do you have that one from Greg? Yes. Let's throw that up here too because I, I like what he said as well. Um, do you want me to read that article real quick? Uh, he's going to play there's a two-minute Oh, fantastic. Even I think, better. I think we can get it up here. So it says, Megachurch pastor comes to the defense of Kanye West, quoting, shut up for a minute, okay? And it has people talking about Jesus. Yeah, there we go. Greg Laurie, he's the guy that we talked about a few weeks ago about possibly being the next Billy Graham. Go ahead, Brother Brad. You don't have to be a preacher to use a pulpit. You can be a, you can be a rapper. How about Kanye West? Huh? Now, Kanye West has been out doing a lot of interviews. He's just released a brand new album with a title, Jesus is King. That's pretty overt. Uh, Kanye has been doing these pop-up services around the country, and thousands of people have been attending, and, and he's saying he's a follower of Jesus Christ now. I read in an interview, quote, he said, my job, this is Kanye speaking, is to spread the gospel and let people know what Jesus has done for me. He says, I've spread a lot of things. There was a time when I was letting you know what high fashion had done for me. I was letting you know what the Hennessy had done for me. I was letting you know all these things, but now I'm letting you know what Jesus has done for me. And in that, I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son now. I'm a son of God. I'm free, end quote. That's, that's nice. Kanye was being interviewed by uh, Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, Jimmy said, so Kanye, do you consider yourself a Christian artist now? Kanye said, hey, I'm just a Christian everything. That's right. That's right. Now some would say, well, I, I don't know. Is he really a Christian? You know, should he just shut up for a minute, okay? How about this? Pray for him. Pray that he gets grounded in his faith. Pray that he's the seed sown on good ground that brings forth much fruit. Listen, I applaud any person that makes any movement toward God. And I want to encourage them in that, not critique them about that. And I think it's fantastic because he's taking his considerable platform, and he has quite a platform, doesn't he? To talk about faith. It has people talking about Jesus. I'm happy for that conversation. People that wouldn't normally be talking about the Lord. We all have a pulpit to preach from. No matter who we are. No matter what we do. Very good. Man. So I'm all in. How do you follow that? I'm, I'm all in. We're going to have him here you? preach soon. No, I'm kidding. Is he, is he coming to the next Bethel homecoming? You, you never know. You never know. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more uh, with, with both of these that we've heard from. Uh, you know, how many times have we thought, man, if God could save that person? You know, I, I prayed diligently for President Obama uh, during his presidency and still do that he would be saved because he has considerable, as he said, you know, pulpit. He's got a considerable crowd that he could reach and such. So if this is genuine, it's going to be an amazing thing. If it's not, you know, we'll deal with that and move forward. But it's not our call that it is or it isn't. Right. And encourage people not to hang the gospel on Kanye no West. So. And Because and man will let context. you down. I oh, read an article yeah. the other day that a lot of people get excited because, oh, yeah, 
he's going to fail us. He's going to do something. You, you, but know, I you know the media is going to be there when it happens, And they too. want to. Like Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah the yeah. CNN, he's an African-American, he's homosexual, is just going after Kanye now because he said he's turning his back on the black community and, you know, saying that, and, you know, Kanye supports President Trump and he's going to, you know, so he is going to get hit from all sides. And that's why it, ha it has to be a couple of years I've been talking about this little snippets because it was exciting. But I know you had even said, you know, he has a transgender father-in-law and that, you know, so Saturday Night Live was Michael Che was bashing Kanye about his transgender father-in-law. So here's a guy that's just, it's our Christian walk every day times a thousand I can't well, in the spotlight. Nobody's really watching us that close. Mm, like, right. I, Thank I, goodness. Thank God, yeah. yeah, you better <laughs> believe it. But I mean, honestly... All eyes are on him, so do you think that's going to make this any easier? Mm -hmm. I mean, it would the easy thing would just to keep rapping about awful things right, and just right. keep being rich, but this is not yeah. that that's bad. It. It's a culture shock to his community, and I'm when I say his community, the people that followed the old Kanye, and that's why he said it, and that's why I brought it. I was like, we got to pray for this guy because right. what yeah. good he could do, he can't do it on his own. He needs prayer. He needs Christ, and. He's doing it. You know, he's uh, no longer allowing his daughter to wear promiscuous clothing. Well, look who his wife is, you know. And so he's got his own battles. His, his crew, his gospel crew, he has asked all of those that are unmarried to stop having premarital relations and stuff. So it's like, wow. Quit you know, saying them like, gosh dang swear words. <laughs> gosh darn <laughs> swear words. Yeah, so hey. Well, I think what I like the most out of all of it is that they said Christianity doesn't need a mascot. Yes. Right. And Christianity has made it just fine without famous, rich, influential right. people throughout all these centuries. So uh, that, I mean, that's And it's what got, got people talking about Jesus. Yeah. And I'm, it's kind of like my dad, who's not a Christian doesn't technically go to church, but he'll watch Joel Osteen sometimes. I'm like, so the little bit he gets that when Joel Osteen says Jesus and does do scripture, I'll take it. Right. You know, and the rest I'll let God deal with. And that's kind of where I'm at with Kanye. Praying for him. He's getting it out there. He's the least of his shows. He does promote Jesus, put his name higher. So, hey, root him on. Amen. Uh, yeah. I'd like for, you know, that to come from us. Like, what are we, what, how be. are we doing? Right. <laughs> I mean, we got the pastor up here on the panel, so I mean that's kind of a little unfair. But I'm just thinking of myself. Like, are there things about me that I am pointing people to the Lord daily? Am I? Well, look at what a splash he's making. Are we making that splash in our community? Are we just showing up for work? Are we just eating dinner and going to bed yeah, in our own home? It gets back to the single-mindedness. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, you, you look at Kanye's life. Uh, he's been on display now for this particular thing for at least a year, if, if not longer, um, and, and he's made it this far, you know? Uh, and, and honestly, he just keeps ramping it up, you know, like you were talking about, making the changes at home uh, and, and making the changes within his professional life, such of that nature. And, you know, the, the, the world is going to absolutely try to crucify him. Oh, it's so much easier to not be a Christian, yeah, yeah. especially in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, we talked about that before. You've got two choices when someone changes like that. Either change with them or crucify them. And so we, we'll, and we need to pray for I was about them. to say, Amen. we'll get to that next week yeah. because part of the, the right. last part of the Beatitudes, uh, and blessed are you and they persecute you and speak all kinds of evil against you falsely. Well, why in the world would they do that? Because you're living mercifully and pure of heart and peacefully and then the world doesn't like it and, and here's a question you're making me look bad yeah right you're too merciful yeah nobody uh, wants to drink alone what's wrong with you you're, yeah, why aren't right. you why aren't you doing it now you're doing it last weekend right or you know fill in the blank why aren't you cussing anymore what happened with that yeah. you're making me nervous well and what Cuss makes me what makes me think about this whole kanye thing we say his name a lot it's a case study if right. anybody's gone to college no, no and and you can study something this is in the world view a case study of a transitioning christian it really is. No doubt. I'm glad, again, that my, my life, life is, is not, not on display. That, oh, <laughs> CNN, so, uh, no articles about Terrier Keith. <laughs> a few small years, town yeah, a small, few years the ago. The author of Small Town Stupid. <laughs> a, few, <laughs> a few years ago, uh, the, uh, well, shoot, it just flew out the door. Um, it's okay. Sorry. Small Town Stupid no, did small it, didn't town it? Small Town Stupid okay. did it. It, just, it derailed them. It, really it, it, it derailed Oh, okay. Prayer targets. It's back. Prayer targets. Uh, squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. A guy years and years ago taught 
us to put a prayer target to a particular sin so that every time that temptation came, you would pray for that prayer target. Well, the devil's not stupid. So, you know, in my humble opinion, it's possible that somebody has had Kanye West as a prayer target for years. Hmm. His mom, his grandma. Right, right. Every time they were tempted or every time they were discouraged or every time they thought about them, they just hammered it. You know, took their crossbow of prayer and just hammered that target. Lord, please save Kanye. Lord, please change Kanye and as such. And, and, and God has answered that prayer. If, if that, you know, who knows how it's happened. But I'm encouraging us. We, we all know people, whether we know them personally or not, but we all know people that if God saved them, it would be like a Kanye oh, West experience. My father putting yeah, down the no alcohol. Doubt. You know, yeah. And he is being in his community persecuted. He right. went to a wedding, one of my cousin's weddings last week. Wasn't drinking. All his brothers, all his sisters, you know, and they're like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You know, it's like, no, what's right with him now? You know, and I text Pastor Ben quite a bit. He's getting hammered daily at things he never had to deal with before, you know, and these stresses and all that. So he's under attack in his own life. Needs to get him a shirt that says, I'm making my liver happy. (laughs) (laughs) Prayer targets. That's right. Prayer targets. All right, guys, we'll see you next weekend. Thanks for coming. Thank you, guys. Thanks, everybody.